I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown podcast where we're going to go back in time to look at Ronaldinho and his time at Barcelona. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and I'm really excited about this one, I guess because I'm of that age where I grew up watching this guy. So too did Matt Clark, and he's our first contributor up today. He's going to take us through Ronaldinho's first steps in professional football. And there's going to be a special mention of my team from back in Scotland, St Mirren. I feel this might be the last time they ever make it onto a podcast like this that's about Spanish football. So savour this mention. Okay, Matt, take it away. Ronaldinho exploded onto the international scene in 1999, making his debut in June, just before the start of the Copa America, and scored his first goal during Brazil's victorious campaign. He then was a star at the Confederations Cup in the same summer, scoring in every match until the final. While Brazil lost to Mexico, Ronaldinho won the golden ball for the tournament and the golden boot for his haul of six goals. He was a player in demand in 2001. Arsenal were reportedly close to a deal, and Scottish side St Mirren were also interested. But it was Paris Saint-Germain who secured his signature from Grêmio for €5 million. He was eased into life at the club often starting on the bench, but soon became a hit in his first season in Liga. However, there was a reported bust-up with coach Luis Fernandez, who wasn't happy with Ronaldinho's extended breaks and love of the Parisian parties and nightlife. In his second season, he scored in both clashes with rivals Marseille in Le Classique, including an audacious chip in the away game, which endeared him even more to the fans. His goal against Gangon was voted goal of the season by fans and included a mazy run, a 1-2 with a teammate and stepovers before another finish over the top of the goalkeeper. He had certainly showcased his repertoire of talents in Paris. At World Cup 2002, Ronaldinho was part of a dazzling, daring attacking trio imaginatively dubbed the Three R's, along with Ronaldo and Rivaldo, both of whom had already played for Barcelona. Brazil's quarter-final with England in Japan was a memorable match for Ronaldinho. England had taken the lead before Rivaldo equalised on the stroke of half-time. Early in the second half, Brazil had a free kick about midway in England's half. Surely no one would think of attempting a shot from there. Well, one man did. And he scored. 
Seeing David Seaman slightly off his line, Ronaldinho attempted the long-range lob, and it curled over the despairing keeper before dipping into the top corner of the net, leaving Seaman grasping for air and falling into the side netting. Ronaldinho erupted with emotion and ran around the pitch like a child playing in the garden, with a smile beaming across his face and his hair flowing from side to side. He was joy personified. I can remember watching this game at a school World Cup breakfast club with jam on toast, and despite the disappointment in England being knocked out, no one could deny that pure football was the winner in this game. The joy was short-lived, however, as he was sent off just seven minutes later and would miss the semi-final. Some observers deem this a very harsh decision, but were probably just feeling short-changed that one of the stars of the tournament would miss out on such a crucial match. But in truth, it probably was a deserved red anyway. Brazil prevailed and Ronaldinho was back for the final, in which Brazil beat Germany 2-0 to win their record fifth title. By summer 2003, PSG had endured an underwhelming season despite Ronaldinho's effervescence. They also failed to qualify for European competition, which was a major reason why he decided to look for pastures new. Once again, there was no shortage of suitors. Premier League champions Manchester United were seen to be in the box seat, with many reports saying the deal was very close. But PSG became increasingly frustrated with the English clubs haggling on the price and were open to new offers. This allowed Barcelona to pounce. Prior to this, Joan Laporta was up for election as president and had promised to sign David Beckham, which won him a lot of support from fans. He later states that it was his ambition to sign one of Beckham, Thierry Henry or Ronaldinho, three of the game's biggest stars at that time. Beckham, of course, went to Real Madrid, which Barcelona did privately know was quite likely, given the advanced negotiations. Sandro Rossi, then a member of Laporta's team, changed the focus to the Brazilian star. They did not haggle over price tags and went straight in with 30 million euros, gazumping United. Ronaldinho was happy to go, so the deal went ahead smoothly. One of the key reasons in this smoothness is believed to be because of Rossi's past as a Nike executive in Brazil and his previous relationship with the player. It is this prior closeness that helped to secure the deal for the Catalan club, which proved to be a shrewd piece of business for them. So Ronnie Mania landed in Barcelona in the summer of 2003. Given that Barcelona had finished all the way down in sixth the year before, behind Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Deportivo La Coruña, Celta Vigo and Valencia, Ronaldinho's arrival was a much needed one. To tell us more about his first season in Catalonia and how it went, here's Sam Leverage. Ronaldinho arrived in Barcelona. It was clear from the off that he was going to make an immediate impact. His debut came at San Mamés, the old stadium, against Athletic Club, and it was actually against Ernesto Valverde in his first game as a La Liga coach. But the real moment when he came to light, when he introduced himself to the Barcelona fans, was the next weekend when he made his Camp Nou debut against Sevilla. It was a five-past-midnight kickoff time, which was crazy. It caused outrage amongst the Barcelona fans, but 80,000 of them were still there at Camp Nou, ready for Ronaldinho's debut to see if the hype was really worth it, if he was going to be the player that everyone was promising and talking about. He didn't take long either. With just under an hour on the clock, he brought the ball forward from his own half, dribbling past several players and smashed it in from 35 yards. The celebrations were registered on seismographs across Barcelona. He was that good that he caused a mini earthquake in Catalonia on his debut. Some start indeed from the Brazilian. And it set the tone for the rest of the season. He started off in attacking midfield role and, and impressed fans very much and then later moved on to play more on the left wing. And he was an integral part of Frank Joachim's team, who was also in his debut season that year. And it was obvious that he was going to depend 
very much on the role of Ronaldinho, with the Brazilian playing a key role throughout the campaign. It was to be a frustrating season for Barcelona. They only lost eight games in La Liga, but three of those came in the five where Ronaldinho wasn't available for the team as he was struggling with some Achilles tendon injuries and they missed some games from suspension as well. But it was still a season where Barcelona was so close, but so far they finished second in La Liga behind Rafa Benitez's Valencia. They were knocked out in the last 16 of both the UEFA Cup against Celtic and the Copa del Rey against Levante. So close, but so far for Barcelona. But on an individual level, Ronaldinho couldn't have been any better. He scored 22 goals from 45 games in all competitions and also registered 11 assists while picking up the FIFA World Player of the Year award as well for his incredible form in his debut season in Barcelona. In Ronaldinho's second season, things went even better for him. To tell us more about the 2004-2005 season and the success in the following year too, here's Roman de Arcaire. Ronaldinho is one of those unforgettable players to have set foot in the Camp Nou, wearing the red and blue shirt. If you ask Cules in Barcelona who's been their favourite player to play at the club, it's very common to get Ronaldinho as an answer. Ahead of other superstars such as Messi, Cruyff, Rivaldo, Xavi, Iniesta and the long etc. He definitely left a mark in this club and mainly thanks to his memorable performances and his contagious charisma. He was a game changer for Barcelona, leading the club to their first La Liga title in six long years. Barca had won their last Primera División trophy back in the 1998-1999 season, but went through a really rough patch coming into the new millennium. But Ronaldinho's impact was almost immediate, with a second place for Barca in his first year in the Spanish league and then succeeding in the 2004-2005 season. Barca managed 84 points, four more than Real Madrid, with Ronaldinho scoring 9 goals and providing 15 assists in 35 games. His fantastic performances allowed him to win the FIFA World Player Award at the end of 2004 ahead of talented strikers such as Henri and Shevchenko. In the Champions League though, things didn't go as well as Barcelona had hoped, being knocked out in the round of 16 by Chelsea. But despite not getting too far, Ronaldinho managed to score four goals, and two of those will be hard to forget. One was against Milan at the Camp Nou in the group stage. The Italians had won the first game in San Siro by 1-0 and were about to head home with a 1-1 draw when out of nowhere Ronaldinho came up with a fantastic slalom along the edge of the box to then blast it past Dida in the 89th minute and give Barcelona the win. Ronaldinho, he's made a yard, he's had a goal, he's scored a screamer, he's fantastic! But Ronaldinho also scored another fantastic goal against Chelsea in the round of 16, which was then chosen as the best goal of the Champions League that year and helped him be awarded the best striker of the competition. Barca beat the Blues 2-1 at the Camp Nou, but were quickly under pressure when Chelsea scored three quick goals in Stamford Bridge. Only thanks to Ronaldinho did Barca manage to keep the hope alive, first from the penalty spot and then with a wonder goal in which he fainted a shot a couple of times to then elegantly place it past Peter Cech. Now Ronaldinho, oh it's a terrific goal, wonderful, wonderful goal. With that 3-2 result, Barca had the goal average on their side, until John Terry 
got the crucial goal to deny the Blaugranas a spot in the quarterfinals. But luck would be on the Barcelona side next season in the Champions League with a better Ronaldinho yet to come. First they conquered the Supercopa de España against Betis with Ronnie scoring in the first of two games and then La Liga and the Champions League would follow. But before lifting those titles, Ronaldinho was awarded with the highest individual honour in football, the Ballon d'Or. That 2005-2006 season, the Brazilian pumped up his stats by scoring 26 goals and giving 24 assists between all competitions. His magic helped Barca get revenge on Chelsea in the round of 16, scoring again at Stamford Bridge and this time sealing the deal. He then got another goal in the quarterfinals against Benfica and then gave the assist to Julie for the only goal that was scored in the semi-finals versus Milan. In the hard-fought final versus Arsenal, he played 90 minutes and savoured the glory, lifting his first Champions League title, and the second one in Barca's history, who hadn't conquered Europe in over a decade since the 91-92 season. In the Spanish league, Barcelona won comfortably by a massive 12-point margin ahead of Real Madrid, who were second. And what better way to close this period in Ronaldinho's career than remembering his exhibition at the Bernabeu where he scored two goals in Barcelona's 3-0 win. Such was the quality of his performance that night that a considerable number of Madrid fans at the stadium decided to stand up and applaud Ronaldinho's phenomenal performance. Salgado, abre para Ronaldinho que va a encarar a Sergio Ramos, ahí tiene todo el peligro del mundo, Ronaldinho se va por velocidad, Ronaldinho se va a meter, Ronaldinho... Atención, el Bernabéu está de pie, está de pie aplaudiendo a Ronaldinho. That really was quite a night, a special moment and one you just heard in the Spanish commentary. Pay attention, the Bernabéu is on its feet, it's on its feet applauding Ronaldinho, the commentary said. One of those truly iconic moments that lives on forever in Spanish football history. The famous audio and famous images capturing that Real Madrid fan with the scarf and the moustache battering his hands together in anger, but proud, appreciative anger. It's timeless. We've already covered a lot of Ronaldinho's Barcelona career then, but there is more to come. After this short break, we'll talk some more about what Ronaldinho achieved at the Camp Nou. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown episode where we discuss the Ronaldinho years at Barcelona. Those were his best years, the years when he became a superstar, the years when he did stuff like this. There was the sound of Ronaldinho repeatedly hitting the crossbar while performing keepy uppies for a Nike advert, and that became the first ever video to reach 1 million views on YouTube. And I mean for all of YouTube, not just for Barcelona or Nike's account, for the entire site. That video was first posted in 2005. We've already discussed how that was probably Ronaldinho's peak, culminating in the success of the 2006 Champions League final. After that, though, things started to go wrong for Ronaldinho at Barcelona. To explain what happened, here's Paco Pollitt. They say all good things must come to an end, but in some cases it truly hurts much more. In Ronaldinho's case, it's actually pretty sad the way the player drifted into irrelevance after delivering arguably his peak performance in spring 2006. After conquering the Champions League, everybody expected greatness from him in the World Cup played in Germany. But the Brazilian delivered just the opposite, performing worse and worse until facing France in the quarterfinals. That Thierry Henry goal and 1-0 defeat possibly signed the beginning of the end for Dino, who left the tournament while considered the biggest disappointment of the competition. The player managed to deliver quite an impressive 23 goals in 44 games throughout the 2006-2007 season, almost a carbon copy of the last one if we pay attention to stats. But his playstyle and motivation weren't the same. He had always been quite the party animal and Barcelona as a city knew how much he did enjoy nightlife. But he eventually became bored with such nuisances as diet or physical training. In the 2007-2008 season, rumors about bad habits, a quite visible tummy and plenty of training sessions missed which he officially spent in the gym didn't help Barca to turn things around. Quite the opposite actually. That year was the last one for Frank Reichardt, incapable of keeping Ronaldinho, Deco and Samuel Eto'o in check. Real Madrid cruised that season towards the championship, remember the 
pasillo, while Ronaldinho faced harsh criticism for his lack of professionalism, including an injury which the Barca doctors said he had made up in order to avoid training. He only played 26 official games in his last season in Barca. Summer 2008 came along and also newcomer coach Pep Guardiola, a new and hungry manager who had to turn things around inside the locker room after Reichardt left, a squad full of potential great players who had won it all only two years earlier, but which needed discipline and to be reinvigorated. Guardiola knew exactly which would be his first move, getting rid of the three big players he considered had already given their best to the club. Eto would stay one more year, but in Deco and Ronaldinho's case, it was game over for them. Dino left for Milan. He scored 115 goals and had 92 assists in 207 games played. As they usually say, shooting stars shine and burn the fastest. Ronaldinho then didn't exactly leave Barcelona in the best way. He left because he was forced out, not necessarily because he wanted to go. After departing, he joined AC Milan, but after some time his legacy was really cemented. With the passing of time, that's usually what happens. You realise just how great something or someone was. And when Ronaldinho returned to the Camp Nou for the pre-season Gamper Trophy with AC Milan against Barcelona in 2010, they played a special video and gave him a special welcome before the match, with the Brazilian the last player to come out of the tunnel. This is how that ovation sounded. <laughs> Muchas gracias, Ronaldinho. Y la surtida de un Ronaldinho Ángel que yo creo que no sabe onficarse. Está Florent aclaparat. Esculpeado al Camp Nou. Ronaldinho went on to achieve a Serie A title with AC Milan and then went back to Brazil with Flamengo, Atletico Mineiro and Fluminense, also having a season in Mexico with Querétaro. He managed to win the 2013 Copa Libertadores for Atletico Mineiro to become one of just 10 players to win the ultimate prize in both Europe and South America. Reflecting some more on his legacy at Barcelona, let's now bring in Barcelona fan and journalist Jason Pettigrove. And Jason, my first question for you is... What did you think the first time you saw Ronaldinho play? Well, the first time I saw Ronaldinho play, actually, it was uh, Lionel Messi that, that stole the show. Uh, it was about my first game at the Camp Nou, which was the 3-3 Clasico in March 2007. Obviously, that game's remembered for Messi scoring a hat-trick. A brilliant game, and certainly he deserved all of the plaudits that he got after that game. Um, but people tend to forget, you know, Ronaldinho's contribution in that game. He took an awful lot of pummeling from the Madrid players. His sort of majesty, if I can put it like that, in, in the attacking third, the way he took players away, away from the the areas that Messi was inhabiting in that game allowed Leo to score certainly at least one of his goals that which was the second one I remember I think it may have even come from uh, a shot from Ronaldinho at that point uh, just that really that whole game it was I'd gone uh, to see in fact Ronaldinho rather than see Messi at that time we knew of Messi, didn't we? Um, but Ronaldinho was by far the star. And, yeah, I mean, I was 
albums overall I, I thought it was fantastic uh, I was really taken in by the entire occasion and to be able to see players of that standard it was absolutely brilliant for me It's interesting you bring up Messi there you're writing a book about Messi and looking at his first years in the first team I'm sure Ronaldinho had an important impact on the Argentine how was their relationship? I think really, you know, he was the guy that that took Leo under his wing. He brought him into the first team. He told the coaches that, you know, get this guy training with the first team. He's got something special. He's going to be an absolute superstar in the future. And I think by being like an elder brother figure, if, if I can say that, it meant that Leo could just sort of ease into that sort of environment with, you know, professional players that were going to go in hard on him, that weren't going to give him, so he wasn't going to give him any special treatment. You know, it's a man's game and, you know, even though he was only 16 at the time, they were going to treat him just like they treated everybody else. But he, he shined straight away and it was Ronaldinho that introduced him to that, that looked after him, that advised him. So I think he was integral um, to, to Leo's development and um, obviously we've seen what's happened since and just how well Leo's come on. But, uh, you know, clearly without Ronaldinho helping to guide him along, I don't think he would have certainly started off as well as he did. Finally, what is Ronaldinho's legacy like at Barcelona now that we're more than 10 years after his departure? I think um, his legacy, um, now that it is 10 years since since he's left, is probably incomparable. I mean, obviously when, again, t- to go back to Messi, when Messi goes, it'll all be about all the, the legacy that he's left. But with, without Ronaldinho being there, and it could have been David Beckham, couldn't it? That He was supposedly going to be the Galactico signing that Juan Laporta signed, Beckham wouldn't come, so Ronaldinho did. But ask anyone from around that time when he joined, and and they'll all say, you know, without Ronaldinho there, this current Barcelona side, you know, sort of doesn't exist. He brought flair, he brought style, he brought a bit of pizzazz, a bit of showmanship, all of the stuff that you expect of a Brazilian player. And I just think probably it's quite sad for him the the way it ended, all, all the partying and stuff like that, but I don't think that that should really taint um, the time he had there because he was absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Jason. And thank you to all of the other contributors we've had on this podcast too. Thanks to Matt Clark, to Sam Leverage, to Roman de Arker, and to Paco Pollitt. I've been your host, Jim McTeer. I've really enjoyed this episode and I hope you have as well. Thank you very much for listening. And remember to tune in on Monday for our next show, our La Liga Match Day Recap. 